You hear the sirens, we see the lights. We pull over without thinking twice. You're first to answer when fate rings the bell. You charge without fear into the hot gates of hell. You lay down your life for a complete stranger. Your dedication, it knows no danger. Kids, they think you're made of steel, but your pain, your pain is so real. Thank you for yesterday. My thoughts and prayers are with you today. It's a pleasure to introduce the motivational cowboy, Johnny D. All right, it's me, it's Johnny D, and it is another episode of Outstanding Life Podcast. This one's titled <laughs> Fire House Heroes, and I am sitting with two heroes right now. I am sitting with Rob and Chelsea. They are two union firefighters from State Motown. State of Michigan, baby. That's right, that's right, man. Hey, listen, guys, I mean, this is the coolest thing in the world. I've been trying to get you guys here for at least a couple weeks now. It is the coolest thing. I mean, kids, adults want to be you guys. It is so cool. I mean, you could have picked anything in the world to do. <laughs> anything. Yeah. You picked to be a firefighter. Why? Why? And at what age, Chelsea, I'm going to go with you first. I mean, at what age did you finally like look in that mirror and say, you know what? This is what I want to do. I mean, was your dad a firefighter? Was your uncle? I mean, was it in the family? I mean, what was it that made you want to be a firefighter? I actually started wanting to be a firefighter when I was in kindergarten. My mom still to this day has. Really? When you, when you want to grow up, what do you want to be? And it says firefighter. And I was always told you couldn't do it. So when I went, I was 18, I was graduating. I was like, ah, should I do it? Should I not do it? And I went and did it and I joined the academy and here I am now. Wow. So you knew right away. I knew I wanted to be a firefighter. That is so crazy. Rob, how about you? I mean, at, at what age did you finally say, you know what, this is what I want to do? Or was it like, hey, listen, I went to college, I tried everything else, and <laughs> yeah. this is what I ended up yeah, with? <laughs> kind of that route, man. Uh, you know, to be honest, I uh, originally went to school to be an engineer at U of M, Dearborn. Wait, and, that uh, that's a huge difference. Engineer, yeah, yeah. firefighter. Well, I mean, you know, I always I always, you know, when I was a kid, I always liked, you know, watching, you know, see the fire trucks run uh, drive around and whatnot. But I went to school to be an engineer. I had a scholarship going for me. And then I remember sitting there one day in an engineering web based class and I remember thinking to myself, I never want to do this ever in my life. <laughs> because all you do is sit around on a computer all day. It's like that's not what I am. I want to be hands on. I want a new thing every day. And so I decided myself actually I was talking to my buddy one day too, and he was a firefighter. And uh, he's telling me a story about how he went to a house fire, and I was just like, "Man, that is so cool!" I'm like, "You know what? I'm gonna do the same thing." So I remember uh, telling my parents, "Hey, I'm I'm done with engineering. I'm gonna go to school to be a fireman." So they uh, gave me the blessing, and there it was. Started from there. So I have to ask, guys, have you ever did an interview like this? Have you ever been on a <laughs> podcast? Have you ever been on TV? I gotta ask because I mean, nah. it, it, it was funny because I think all three of us were a little nervous to hit that that record button. Yeah, and Chelsea, it, and Chelsea even said, "Hey, listen, you being nervous, Johnny D, is making me nervous." Yeah. But have you guys ever been interviewed on TV or or radio or anything like that, or is this your no. first time? No, not that's the first time. At well. The only other, two, other time I got interviewed was uh, with my chief, one. Were you and, in trouble? Uh, no, I was trying to get the job to be so I could do this. And the second time, by multiple lawyers. And that was for, for depositions for calls I've been on and whatever else. So, yeah, the, that was a little nerve-wracking, but, you know, it was uh, definitely different. So how about you, Chelsea? Have you ever been interviewed on a, on a show? I've actually been interviewed on the news before, trying to adapt a dog for our fire department. Really? Yep. Okay. So, so listen. One one thing I did um, this morning is, is I wanted to look up some a bunch of stuff. But one thing that I saw, it seemed like the interview process was the toughest. I mean, there's books being that that, that have been written. Yeah. yeah. There's so many crazy things. I'm like, wait a second. I'm just looking up interview questions, and it is nothing but interview questions that they are interviewing you yeah. to get the job. And Rob, something that, that that people don't know 
is you got started in this about 11, 10, 11 years ago, right? Yeah, 11 years ago. I and I was 21. a part of that. I mean, I, yeah. I remember the day that uh, we were ha- having a couple cold beverages, and, um, and <laughs> yep. we were talking about what you wanted to do. And then I was actually on your form for people to call. Yeah, and I mean, you were, you were even going out of state to get uh, Texas, I think. You were, yeah, you were, yep. you were, you were going to go out there. And I remember, I remember people calling. And I mean, they were like drilling me, and I'm like, "Holy <laughs> cow! I can't even yeah. imagine what it's like being yeah, you guys." Yeah, times ten. Is that is it as tough as everybody says it is when you are going through the interview process? It is. I mean, there's a they put a lot of things you know towards you, like you know your background, uh, your you know childhood. They interview your teachers. They interview. Wait, really? Uh, your oh, teachers? Yeah. They go back to all. You get to label everything. Even label like when you went to like kindergarten and also that. I mean, there was. At least when I was going through the process uh, 11 years ago, it was pretty in depth with it. Wow! I mean, they they, uh, they interviewed everyone that you knew pretty much. It was pretty uh, pretty wild. So, at what age though? You said you were going to be a you knew at kindergarten. I knew at kindergarten. You knew right away. You knew that hey, you know what? This is what I'm going to be. Rob, at what age did you finally? I don't think I got that out of you yet. No, no. Try to <laughs> keep, keep that secret there for a little while, man. She's. Um, well, originally, I mean, like I said, I liked watching the you know the trucks come by and all like that. When I was younger, seven, eight, but really, I think when I made my final decision, when I wanted to be a fireman was when I was eighteen. I mean, as soon as I went to school and I knew that you know engineering wasn't for me. So, did you it. guys have to go through like a, a uh, an academy just like police officers do? Yeah, and, and, and walk us through that because <laughs> I heard that that was brutal as well. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't want to, you know, say it was as hard as like a boot camp for military, but it was kind of like a uh, kind of like a boot camp for military. But you went home at night, so you get there at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, you, you know, you, you did, didn't have to stay there for a couple no, months. No, you do, oh, you do, do PT that. every morning. Um, do push ups, all that stuff. Like that uh, you got in line. You did your uh, make sure your uniform was pressed and your shoes were shined and. I swear. Did you have someone do that for you? Oh, heck no. Rob, I'm looking at you right now. Obviously, you have somebody doing that. All right, my mom did it for a little while. My mom pressed my clothes. You know, I'm not going to lie. Matter of fact, your dad does the laundry for your mom now. I I took pride. I shined my shoes. Come on now. No. Yeah, but it it was pretty pretty cool. I mean, it was a good process. Like I said, we did PT every morning. We had lunch. We had a walk in uh, cadence all the time. We sing, running cadence. I said it was like if I were to describe it, you know, there's a lot of people in the military that described it as being a boot camp, but I went home at nighttime. So. Right. Chelsea, how about for you? Did did you get it into the academy and did you think to yourself, what the heck did I get myself into? Or did you take it head on saying, this is awesome. This is exactly what I've been working for since I was in kindergarten. I remember going driving there. I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going for it. And then when I walked in, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> And you walk in the doors and everyone turns right at you and looks. It's like, who's this chick? (laughs) And blonde hair walking in. And it got no respect when I first walked in. But it was it was hard. I can't lie. It was tough going through it. Were you the only one in your class that was a woman? I had one other female. But the joke was, what bathroom was she going to go into? So 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 let me ask you that. So (laughs) two girls out of how many of how many in your class? Was there a bunch? 29, I want to say. Did that motivate you knowing that people probably said, you know, they'll never make it? Did that motivate you? Did oh, that yeah. did that negative energy, did you look at it in a positive way and say, you know what, you guys have no clue oh, what I you're messing with? I couldn't wait to prove everyone wrong. That was like my goal. It's like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. And and you did. I did. I went through the academy and I kicked what, butt. What, what, what was the, the toughest part of the academy? Because like, I... I I've been through some of the academy training in Texas, mm-hmm. and it was hard enough to walk up the stairs, and I think it's four or five flights. Oh, yeah, five flights. But then you put 100 <clears throat> pounds of gear on, and you better forget it. I mean, it was like, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, hey, where's the elevator here? You know? But what was it like for you guys? Like, Because there are, you had to like get into things that we've never experienced, especially you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the toughest thing for you to overcome? Mine, I'm going to say the confined spaces, going into these tight little corners with all this gear on and not knowing if you're going to get out of it or not and if your partner had your back or not, especially with all these guys who didn't really respect me or like me in the beginning. It was was tough to get their respect. So I knew I had to pull my own weight just as much as they pulled theirs to get their respect. But they had to almost respect you because of the fact you were part of the team. In a sense, so, right? So, so, so at some point, 
they were like, I don't want to see you make it. But then another side, they were like, okay, she has to make it because she's my partner now. Exactly. So I was always like, okay, who's going to be my partner for the day? But I always had this one guy who was like, we can do it. Let's do it. And <laughs> That's awesome. It, he stuck. We were, I actually became company commander of our academy. And so I had n- nine guys underneath me. That's which awesome. they didn't like, but. Yeah. It, uh. I got. I ended up earning my respect, and I became best friends with these guys. And I. How many months was it? I want to say about what nine months. Holy cow! It was nine months with both semesters of Fire One and Fire Two. Yeah. Yeah, about nine months, and um, I mean, it was every day. I mean, you're with these guys all day long. You're eating with them. You're working with them. I I I interrupted just because I was thinking of that next question, but you said they finally said (laughs) what to you. You were you were talking about. The, the 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 academy and those guys finally said to you I don't know what it was either I, you know because I, 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 I was just having so much fun I was like oh my god I gotta ask you this but you they, talked about confined spaces let me tell you when I had my t- I, I did um uh, a ride along or a what would you call it where someone actually spends 24, we 24 it, hours we call it a third ride third okay ride. a third ride yeah, like yeah. I literally spent 24 hours yeah and they literally had a an old trailer, basically, that they had confined space training. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they stuck me in there with everything. And that was, <laughs> I'll never forget it. I still, I think I have nightmares because it was dark. Yeah. Smoky. Cold. Cold. And all you did had was somebody talking in your ear that was actually on the other end. You barely hear them. And you barely hear them. And they're they're making noise. They're pounding <laughs> on it. It's trying to scare the yeah. crap out of it, which I was already scared anyway, just putting on all the gear. Yeah. How did you finally overcome something like that? Just by doing it every day? By doing it and trusting my partner that was behind me. Rob, yeah. how about you? What what was the toughest thing for you in the academy? Oh, man. Probably they called the killer, which is the obstacle course. You had to pass it. Otherwise, you didn't pass the academy. So and that was like a uh, pretty intense uh, obstacle course of putting so, the So was on. it? Okay. In my mind, I, I think of an America ninja hmm. warrior. Yeah. Was it like an yeah. obstacle course yeah. like that? Yeah. I pretty much say it was. Jeez. <laughs> it felt like it. Jeez. You know? Wish I got a trophy and I got done with it too. <laughs> so you guys, you, you guys graduated. You got your certificate. Yeah. Yep. How long did it take you to get a job after that? Huh. Uh, Rob, I know for you, it, it was, was for. I mean, it, it, it seemed like forever yeah. for you. It took me about two and a half years to do it. I mean, there's uh, you know other stuff you got to go do it to it anymore because you know any kind of fireman anymore is a crossbreed like of a paramedic or an EMT and you guys base. both are EMTs as well. Paramedics. Right? Paramedics. Paramedics yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, originally I went to school. Um, I went to an EMT school first. That way, I was able to get a career going with my uh, EMT medical field. And that's I, not easy either. No, no, that was a that was a pretty t- uh, de- well decent class, whatever. And then you go to fire academy. Once I did that, I was able to get a job at you know and kind of volunteer or something like that. And then you go to paramedic, which is uh, if you go through a semester of college, it's like three three or four semesters. But I went to a private academy, which was uh, twelve hours a day. One day a week for forty two weeks. It was accelerated. It's wow. just like a military it was, style. Yeah. You wear uniforms. You got to be really. Straight yeah. edge, it was. It was pretty tough. It was a paramedic shine. is no joke. I mean, it's like you're pretty much a doctor on wheels. They call it. Yeah, absolutely. Chelsea, did you go through the same thing? Same thing. Yep. Wow, that's so about cool. Two years as well. So you guys got a job. You're loving life. Take us through for the ninety eight percent of the people out there that have never, they've never done what you guys are doing day to day. Take us through a a just a one day. What it's like. You wake up. It's your time to go to work. Yeah. Walk us through this. Well, so you wake up in the morning. <laughs> we start shift at seven o'clock. So we, you know, so it's seven a.m. to seven p.m. Seven a.m. to seven a.m. Oh, okay. Seven a.m. Yeah, we run two twenty four hour shifts. So uh, the unwritten rules would be fifteen minutes early, otherwise you're late. So because uh, you know never fails. You get Have you ever been late, Rob? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe once, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to say much. <laughs> but uh, anyways, you wake up at, uh, you know, 6 o'clock at home, get shower, shave, get back to, you know, get driving to work and get there 6.45, grab a cup of coffee, start doing a debriefing with the other guys that are there, kind of see how their day went, what to look forward to. So the know. guys and the girls that had the shift prior to you, correct? Yeah. Yep, Is that yep. what you're saying? Yeah, okay. the shift prior or whatever. You talk to them, kind of find out how the ambulance or how the fire engine's looking and uh, any calls that are, uh, they might have had some serious equipment being used that we had to, you know, go back and look at, make sure everything was there, you know, accountability wise. Or if they had a bad call. Yeah. If they had a bad call, what it was and, you know, kind of see if, you know, ambulance has to be cleaned or whatever else. Cause it never fails, you know, they throw, everyone throws up everywhere and they, yeah. you know, blood everywhere. So, um, so you get there in the morning, do that kind of stuff. Uh, get your gear all on the truck, check your SCBA, which is your lifeline for, uh, you know, fire. 
that's your breathing apparatus. Um, Thank you for like telling me because yeah. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> so about. SCBA, so you looked at yeah. me you're like, okay, yeah. I better I, I better let them know what this means. <laughs> SCBA, self-contained breathing apparatus. That's pretty much uh, what everyone thinks. We got oxygen on us. It's not oxygen; it's just compressed air. Okay, so so is that the big tank? That's then? a big tank. How, the, how much does mask. that tank actually weigh? And um, Rob, don't tell me like 150 pounds. I mean, he, because Chelsea, I know Rob's going to look at me yeah. and say, "Yeah, well, Johnny, let me tell you." Yeah. So I was squatting yesterday, and uh, yeah, no, it's uh, about 35 pounds. Now I'd is that say. 35 compressed with air? Yeah, well, okay. air is kind of, I mean, it's, it doesn't change if it's, if it's it doesn't full change. or empty. No, okay, no. Gotcha. There's, there's no weight in the air. I mean, you're not okay. going to notice difference. But uh, when it's, of course, when you're in a fire, though, it's always 10 pounds heavier than that. You know? Right. Plus, when you get your gear on, it's another 60, 70 pounds. So uh, you debrief, you get all your equipment, you take theirs off, you put yours on. They take theirs off because that's their their equipment. You make okay. sure, and then everyone knows that no one else touched their stuff. That way you know that when you left it, that's the way, you know, you go put it back on there. It's what it was. Right. You know what I mean, so... Um, then we do that. We start doing our truck checks. Start going over that. Make sure. Uh, so you basically have chores. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, <laughs> Chelsea's we, like, yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. Oh, it gets so, better. <laughs> Trust me, it gets better. So we check our, check our truck. Then from there, after a tr- uh, truck is checked, then we go do all of our daily duties, which are like. So what uh, are daily daily duties? Daily duties would be uh, the laundry. The toilet. The toilet. Wait a second. I have a housekeeper for all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're talking to, to him right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am the housekeeper. No. Yeah. Usually the group of guys. Would so do you guys it, actually you know. have to do all that stuff too? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, it's our house. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we lived there for 24 hours. I mean, we, they figured out we lived at this fire station for, if you have a 30 year career, you're living there almost seven and a half to eight years straight of wow. your time. Cause we work 121, 24 hour shifts a year. So bathrooms, truck washing, I have always wondered, I always see this on TV. I couldn't wait to ask you guys this. So I always see that there's always one that either people don't like or, and they stick them on the, um, the duty of cooking. (laughs) Yeah. Is it now, is that just a, a facade of like, is that, is that, is that Hollywood or is that part of, Hey, you know what? The new guy, the new girl is going to start cooking for us. You know, I, I mean, or, personally, I mean, or yeah. maybe even cleaning up because I can't even imagine cleaning up after. Well, the cleaning all up for guys. sure is the new guy. That just <laughs> and, and, and you know what? That's how we earn respect. I mean, you know, everyone's a new guy at one point. I mean, I was a new guy for you know a little while ago. Um, that's how you get your respect from these guys. You know, you go in there and you take their plates from them. You treat them with manners, and they will hopefully treat you like a person. You know, what I mean, it's Chelsea, Rob. How tough is that? I mean, we're we're adults, <laughs> Listen, like right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so and, and, and I know that. Because it's not just being firefighters. It's about everyday life that we show respect. And it's not always easy to show respect. Right. When you, first of all, you're excited because you just accomplished a dream. Chelsea, I mean, you you were that little girl in in, in kindergarten wanting to do this. And now you're like, I am not cooking and cleaning. Like, you know, (laughs) I got a job finally. Like, how tough is that for you guys to, to one, have to do it? But then to also see the new guy or the new girl coming through that you're like, you know what? I remember that. I remember being them. It's tough. Um, you're kind of like, oh, why do I have to do all this? But then you go in and you're like, this is my house, too. I need to make it my house, too. I have these responsibilities. If I have to cook. I hate cooking. I <laughs> Are you, hate- <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Are you good? Well, let's just say that I don't ever cook at the fire Some station anymore. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was waiting for her to say it's edible, yeah, but it's not yeah, even edible. Yeah. No, I cooked my first There's a reason why they have a dog at the fire <laughs> yeah, station now. Exactly. There we go. I just thought about that. Food poisoning. I gave three of the guys their food poisoning for my chili. <laughs> oh. I never have to cook again. So my plan worked. That is so funny. Rob, how about you? I mean, because I actually know that you are a good cook. You. So so does that, does, does that uh, suck for you? Because you know what? He's good. Let's let him cook. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it is. I mean, I you know, you take pride in your meals, you know, it, it actually makes you feel better about it. You know, and all these guys, you like I said, it's all about that trust and all about that brotherhood there. So when you show them that you can do these type of things and you're willing to do them and you're open for all these new things for them, you know, cooking for them and cleaning up their stuff, they, they eventually learn that respect for you. And that's how you become part of one of the brotherhood. I'm just curious, how long does it take for that respect to come? Because I'm just thinking hey, to myself, some, hey, some still don't even you're have still it. Yeah. Some days you still earn it, and some days you don't. You know, it's just a matter of time. Chelsea, Rob, you know how how does being a firefighter affect your life 
at home. I mean, I, I know that you both have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's face it. You have a job that's deadly. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you leave that house every single day, you don't know if you're going to come home every day. No, you mm-hmm. don't. I mean, we see as as pedestrians that we we, we see the fire trucks, we we see you guys and and what you do, but we don't live it. I can't imagine going to work every single day and not knowing if I'm going to come home. How does that affect you guys um, being parents and it's scary being, being together? I mean, yeah, yeah it, um, it makes you appreciate things a little more. It does. Sometimes. You never leave the house without a kiss goodbye. I mean, it's me mostly. But <laughs> <laughs> I make sure if he's still sleeping, I'm going to wake you up for a kiss and tell you I love you before I leave. Right. Because I mean, even getting dressed in the morning when you're putting your uniform on, you're like, Gosh, today might be that day I have that huge fire. And what if I don't come home? You'll go in your kids' rooms and you give them all kisses goodbye. I mean, I know I do, and I know he does it every single time. Before we wow. walk out of that house, we go into every room and we give each girl a kiss. And and those are things that people don't realize. Like, you guys have real lives. Yeah, yeah. people don't you know, realize we, that we, we have families We look at, at you as superwoman. We look at yeah, you like as, robots, as, you know? as a, 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 like a superman. But we don't realize that you have real lives, too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's scary because both of us being in the field, knowing like, yeah, and you're how, together on top of that. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. That that yeah. it's got to. I can't even. First of all, I can't imagine being with somebody. Period, and I can't imagine being with somebody <laughs> that. Um, yes, I'm single. So, but 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 then to for them to it's got to be, it's got to be a good thing because you can come home. And he can relate to you. He can. That's when you do biggest. have a bad That's, day or when you yeah. have some drama. Because I'm, 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 I'm sure, yeah, bad calls. I'm yeah. sure that there's drama like any other workplace. I'm sure that there's stuff that goes on. So it's kind of nice for you guys to be able to have one another. But it's also, it's got to stink for you guys of going, oh, man, I can't really pull one over her eyes. No. Or yeah, I can't pull yeah. one over his like, eyes. Oh, he knows <laughs> better. Oh, honey, I had, <laughs> yeah. honey, I had a real bad night. It was real, a lot of calls, whatever. She's like, oh, really? Yeah. I was, in the, ra- I was in the radio, too, and I didn't hear nothing. What would you guys say the pros and cons would be being a firefighter? I'd say a pro is the appreciation you get from the people who actually appreciate what you do for them or you save their life or prevent them. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's a a guy tell you it's a thankless job. I mean, a lot of people don't say things. That's fine. That's not what we're here for. But when you do get that one that actually does say things, it makes it gratifying and it makes that six months of not hearing things worth it, you know? So you boggled my mind right now. Are you telling me literally there's months that go by that people don't thank you? Oh, people oh, are yeah. mean. They, wait, they wait, 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 wait a second. Yeah. If I needed something right now, I call nine one one and there's somebody here within minutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're telling me that people are mean to our firefighters that that boggles oh, yeah. my mind that you just said six months and you just said months goes by that people don't say you know what i get it mm. I, I i get that it would suck losing your house or anything else but you know we have our lives still right. yeah exactly everyone's still alive everyone walks out of there so that's the most important thing that's just crazy to me so you know what i mean those of you that are listening you know what the next time that you see a firefighter man i mean i, I guess is this okay is this okay to be driving down the street and honk your horn and give you guys a thumbs up? Oh, yeah. 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 We will we'll smile and honk we'll, back. We'll probably, give the, yeah, we'll probably give the air horn back. Like, hey, let me ask you this. Do yeah. you guys have sirens on your on your trucks? No. No, no. I mean, I'm not I'm not, not, I'm not talking about your fire trucks. I'm talking your personal, personal vehicles. Truck. No. no okay, because I, I, I was just going to ask if you ever used it to get home a little bit quicker. No, I wish sometimes, but no. At least not the Chelsea's uh, uh, yeah. uh, chili. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to have to with that one. <laughs> that is so, so you don't have your own like um, no. stuff no. on, on your own. That's mostly paid on call or uh, volunteer firefighters do Okay. That. Well, what is the difference between a union firefighter and a volunteer firefighter? Is there a big difference? Well, no, yes and no. I mean, if you I say I say union firefighter, but I, let's say I just put it in terms of a full-time firefighter as opposed to a paid on call firefighter or a volunteer. Full-time, we eat, live and sleep it. You know, I mean, that's what we do. That's we were trained for that. We train every day. We are strictly firefighters. When you have a paid on call or you volunteer, they're usually set in the base of another career. Uh, you know, they might be a computer technician. They might be a uh, car washer for all we know. I mean, they could do anything, but they volunteer their uh, spare time to be a, you know, EMT, paramedic, firefighter to provide for the communities they 
that they uh, worked for at the time. So you talk about living at the firehouse. When you have a a a day, let's just you know we were we were talking about you spend twenty four hours there at a time. What do you guys like to do when you when you, like, like like do you actually Our downtime? have yeah yeah your downtime when you're not cleaning toilets cleaning the truck going through the gear yeah. and I'm being kind of funny but I'm actually being serious I mean can you guys work out do you play video games do you guys play card like what does a firefighter do when there's nothing going on because I'm sure that there's some nights that you like you don't get a call. Yeah. 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 There's times for sure. We have it, workout rooms though. Okay. I mean, yeah. If we get a spare time and we actually want to work out. Okay. You're you're adults. I'm just curious. Do you have bedtimes? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, well, yes and no. Okay. I mean, no, like, yes I, no. I mean, I tell myself yeah. yes. When the lieutenant but, goes to bed, yeah. you got to be quiet. Really? I mean, so there is quiet time? Like, I, so yeah, I think it's different for us. I mean, we our lieutenants have their own specific room, so we have our own dorm. To us, us guys and girls have our own dorm. Because when I did it for 24 hours. I was in a room with six other guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you remember? I know I'm going to take both of you back a little bit. <laughs> but I remember when I went to bed that night. I had my boots next to me. <laughs> I, I don't even know what you call them. I had the boots like with the, you know, with the oh, whole the deal. Bunker. Turnout. Yeah, bunker. The bunker. bunker? Okay, yeah, my, my, my bunker. And I had it sitting there. <laughs> and I couldn't sleep because I was so nervous because they, they said, Johnny... We are not waiting for you. I know that this is, you know, you're hanging out with us, but there is no waiting. You got to be down there within like a 30. I mean, it was like some ridiculous yeah. amount of. They'll leave you. Yeah. Yeah. Adios. And I was just mad that nothing happened that <laughs> night. So do you remember the first time you that you first started work mm-hmm. as a firefighter? Do you remember, remember your first call? Oh, I mean, we all remember our first kiss. We remember our first job. We remember. Do you remember your first call, or do you remember the first night that you were there and maybe nothing happened? Oh, I remember the first night. I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting there and I kept feeling drips on my forehead. What? And I was wondering what that was. I looked up at the ceiling and the guys put an IV bag up to the ceiling <laughs> and dripped on my pillow. And I was wondering how did they do that. But then I was to myself, "Oh, I know where they did that. They closed the door so I couldn't go back there. They told me we're having a talk. You guys can't come back here." So I go back. So I'm like, "Okay, whatever." And they're in there taking ceiling tiles down, putting an IV through my the ceiling tile so it dripped my pillow perfectly. That and is next, funny. I wake up to the drips. Yeah, it was the Chinese torture almost. You know. That is crazy. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So I, I remember that was that was my first night at the fire station. Or that. Do you remember your first night? My first night, I was a nervous wreck. I couldn't sleep. I paced. I was too nervous because I'm a hard sleeper. Once I go to bed, I'm out. Right. And I was terrified of missing that tone go off and missing a call and not waking up. Did so it I, happen? No. Actually, we had zero <laughs> calls that night. I And I paced the entire night sitting there and waiting for the call. I'm like, come on, I just want to call. I want to call. I want to call. How long did it take you to get used to actually being on call and being able to sleep. Can you guys actually sleep now? Can you go to bed and you, wake up? Well, yeah. But it, it's like that uneasy sleep. People think like, yeah, okay, you guys are firefighters. You guys, all you do is sit down around and lay around and sleep. But we really don't though because like our bodies are trained now. Like when we're there, we're waiting for that call. I mean, right. we have our mics clipped on us. I turn mine all the way up so I don't miss it. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you don't get, you get an uneasy sleep. You go home, you can crash out. You don't got to wake up in the morning for work, you crash out. But when you go to work, you know like, Hey, I'm probably gonna get called, so it's like an uneasy sleep. So when you go home the next day after 24 hours, you're still beat. People don't realize that. Are you guys always on call too? Like, like, like when you're off, are you actually off, or are you actually on call as well? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no. So, so we're off, whatever. But if we get a serious fire, they'll do a uh, page out, an all call, and they'll do an all call or a nine nine nine. They say it. And what that means is, hey, we need guys to come in. If you can come in, come in. All so hands on deck. So, you mean, you're always on call, but you're not, though, really. You know what I mean? Right. It's hard to explain. No, no, no. I, I totally understand because, I mean, you're, you're you're not going to go in if you've been hanging out with some friends at a picnic yeah. and right, drinking right. some adult beverages. Yeah, you're not no. going to put your, you know, stuff on. Do you remember your most exciting call? <laughs> I, remember, not- I remember some intense calls. I will say that. <laughs> I remember when I uh, we just got off probation. My partner and I were both we now hired. probation for being a firefighter, for, right? Pro, yeah, okay, probation being a firefighter. Because, so we, that's and that was two and a half years of being on probation. Which wow, is, you're on on probation norm, that long? Yeah, normally they're about What'd a year. What'd you do wrong? Though. No, it's just I, no. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Mine was only a year. <laughs> no, yeah, most apartments are a year, but we uh, for some reason we're at two and a half. So um, I remember my partner and I was funny. Our lieutenant was like, "Are you guys ready to be together like this? Because we're on the ambulance together, we're the young guys, so we're always going out." We're like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I remember getting this call for a motorcycle versus a vehicle, MVC. 
So we uh, we start taking off to whatever else, and the dispatcher keeps updating us. So, you know, we have a gentleman, you know, who's uh, T-boned a vehicle with a, um, with a motorcycle, whatnot, you know, has a leg injury and unconscious. We're, okay, okay. So we're getting a little, you know, amped up. Like, okay, it's going to be a pretty serious call. And I remember getting there, and I remember, like, looking and seeing this guy laying in the middle of the road with a motorcycle next to him, and the, and the car was actually a Challenger, an older Challenger. I remember seeing a, a ton of damage to the side of it. I was like, oh, my God, this is not going to be good. So I remember walking over to this, uh, I say walking, but running over to the patient with all of our gear and stuff. And I remember seeing him unconscious there. And I remember seeing, like, you know, bleeding from his uh, right thigh. I'm like, okay, so we got to, you know, do a trauma assessment, you know, check them all out real quick. You know, check all, all the legs, extremities, whatever. So we uh, get to his legs and we start, you know, cutting his pants up so we can see where he's bleeding from. And... I mean, it was unreal. I mean, I remember just cutting up his up to his pants, up to his thigh, and all of a sudden, you just start seeing like the blood and the and the fat tissue and the muscle and then the bone, whatever else. And uh, it, only way I can explain it to give you kind of a visual would be like a bratwurst that was just split open. I mean, not to get too gruesome with it, but I I think it, you were back being gruesome two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we just had hot dogs too that day. So anyways, um, so yeah, we, uh, I remember going there and I remember looking at it and it was split open from knee to the top, you know, his pelvic area, whatever, and down to the bone all the way. And his femur was sitting there and it was snapped. And, um, I remember actually, it, I'll never forget it. it. I remember we cut open his pants and his cell phone was in his pocket and his cell phone was literally sitting in the wound, oh. completely flush with the skin. And I just remember, holy crap, I cannot believe this is what's going on. But we ended up getting the guy backboard and see collar and also like that and take him to the trauma facility in a matter of, you know, 15 minutes. And uh, pretty much by the end of time we left there, he was up and conscious and awake and everything was okay. He uh, just had a broken leg and that was it. So wow. It, but it was a pretty intense call. I remember that was, one of our, it was our first day alone off of probation with no officers following us, you know. Wow, so. that's crazy. Chelsea, do you remember... Your first exciting call um, was yours. Yeah, I'm kind of the black cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I get all the bad calls since day one. Um, <laughs> no one wanted to be my partner because when I was on, we the for my first year of being a firefighter on probation, I had four structure fires, and wow. the city hasn't had one in like three, four years. <laughs> so they called me the black cloud. But my first bad medical, I'd say. Um, I had a seven-year-old little girl get ran over by a car on one of our main roads. And um, I remember being a mom or a parent at that. Once you hear a kid on the come over the radio that you have a child down or any kind of kid call, your heart automatically sinks in your stomach. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting in the driver's seat because I was driving to the call, and my leg was like a jackrabbit. I couldn't stop it from shaking. It was just going up and down. I remember driving there. I'm like, oh, my God, like, okay, hold it together. Like, get the frog out of your throat. Yeah. Like, you got to pull yourself together. Because people don't realize, like, we're humans, too. We're not right. these heartless robots that we all have. A lot of us have kids and families. So when we go to these calls, we picture, you go there, you picture your own kid. Yeah. Like, you treat grandma like she's your grandma. And yeah. you, you, like, you lose, like, you you got to have a heart in this job. Yeah. So I remember going there and being sick to my stomach and getting out and I see this little girl laying there and I'm like, oh my God. And I just like, if I picture if that was my daughter, I'd be losing my mind. And she was bad. She was in critical condition. Her skull was fractured open. You could see down to her brain. Her leg oh was snapped. Gosh. And I remember like, all right, like you got to pull yourself together and not cry for one. But I remember getting her in the truck and... I kind of get a little attached to my patients, which is right. good and bad, but I have a lot of compassion for my job. So I remember getting her to the, the facility and staying with her the entire time until they shipped her out to Children's. And I stayed with her dad and I asked my captain, like, hey, do you mind if we just stay through this? Like, just to see the outcome. Like, yeah, I want to hold this little girl's hand until her parents get here yeah. and like make sure she's not alone. Like, no, she's not alone. And we did. We stayed. And that was an intense call that I'll never probably forget. We always have those calls that follow you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you guys are able to share your stories. Uh, I, I am going to get a little dark now. Um, have you ever experienced tragedies? Have you ever had anybody that one had to get pulled out of a fire um, because they, they had passed or uh, an accident that, that, that they did pass away? I yeah. mean, you're in that, um, uh, Rob, you've been doing it for 11 years. And Chelsea, you've been doing it for how many years? Four years now. Four years. I mean, I hate to say it, but things happen. Yeah. yeah. 
and and how do you guys deal with with being humans, being parents? It's it's hard. I mean, you got your brothers and sisters in the department that you can talk to, but sometimes you need your alone time to debrief on your own and like gather yourself. Like I know if I got a bad call, I'll text Rob and be like, Hey, I just had this call, like in and he'll be like, Are you okay? I'm like, Do you need to talk? I'm like, No, I'm okay, but like or I will. I'll and we we cry. I mean yeah. we're humans. We yeah. cry. People don't realize but we, but we hold ourselves together when we need to do work. We're there to do work, we do work. But after behind closed doors, we all gotta cry. I mean, you can't yeah. hold it in or you'll lose your mind just as anyone else. I just played for you and you guys heard it at the beginning of the podcast. You know, one line that I wrote in there, people think that you're made of steel. They do. But people don't realize that your pain Mm -hmm. is so real. And it follows us day in and day out. I mean, Rob and I both have calls that still stick with us till this day. And you, you drive by that spot. I mean, we work in the town. Some of us work around the city that we're around and, you drive by that car accident that that person didn't make it, and every time you drive by it, you picture it. Yeah, I think everyone has their own, uh, like I call it, bugaboo with a certain call that uh, bothers them or certain type of calls that bother them, and they'll never forget it. And then you have that landmark of the home that was in, and you just said, it's pretty much uh, burnt like a photo into your back of your head. You know what I mean? You'll never forget it. Okay. Now we're going to have some fun. I got to get out of this yeah. seriousness here. <laughs> Come on, you know, man. Like, Come on. Yeah. But, okay, so this has been in every single movie, <laughs> in every single Hallmark movie, oh, every single commercial. It has been embedded in my mind and for 40 years. Have you ever got a call, a real call? I, I, Rob, I want you to be serious here. <laughs> Chelsea, I want you to be serious. Have you right, ever had to get a cat it. out of a tree? Oh Lord! <laughs> like oh, okay, yeah. we we see this, and I and all I know right. that I know that that it sounds funny, but not all car calls are serious, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, there are some good, there are some funny ones. So well, I'll tell you, you ever- what, I've never had a cat in a tree yet, but I tell you what, I have had. <laughs> I've had twelve little ducklings stuck in a sewer. Really? <laughs> and the mama <laughs> duck wouldn't leave, and it kept going, you know, doing what it had to do, quacking or whatever you want to say. Quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was going crazy. And we got a phone call for ducks in the sewer, so we had to go over there, lights and sirens, We because uh, they, they weren't sure what was going on. They thought it was a kid, actually, inside of there. Come to find out it was ducks. Uh, long story short, we end up rescuing eleven of them. Another one ran away from us. I like I rescued, yeah. rescued. We rescued and uh, saved. <laughs> Chalk those up as eleven wins. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the mom was happy. Just say that. So we made a good customer out of it. Chelsea, how about you? I mean, have you ever had some like you pulled up and like I, I can't imagine. I mean, because you don't know really know what you, what what you're coming to every every yeah, every, every stop right. Every, every call's, call's different, different right? Yeah, and you. Chelsea, you, you pull up and you're like, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, I, we've, oh, I've never had a cat in a tree. I've had a cat in a sewer. Yeah. I don't know what's with the sewers, but never can I say I've had a cat in a tree, but we've undone the sewers and went down and rescued the little kittens and. Really? Say, yeah. I mean, that's what we do too. Okay. <laughs> Besides ducklings and kitties, <laughs> what What's one of the craziest things that you pulled up and said, I cannot believe these people called 911 for us to show up here? Oh, God, I have a perfect story for this one. Oh, my God. I got a call one day in the middle of the winter for a lady who was in a car wash who was stuck in her vehicle. Wait, because it froze? Because it froze. (laughs) And because the garage door to get out of the actual car wash broke. Oh, So she was stuck in there. The water spread over her vehicle and it just froze her car over. Oh my god! I I couldn't like I pull up. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, like yeah, because you guys have to everything. hold it together, right? You can't you, laugh. Yeah, no, because yeah. To them, it's serious. Yeah, yeah. To them, it's serious. It's like the end of Man, the world. Talk but about to us, we're like laughing the way back, inside. though. Yeah, Chelsea, yeah. how about you? Um, I mean, <laughs> it just all depends. Every time you go to a call, you never know what you're gonna walk up to. It could be a call for someone unresponsive, and you walk up to little granny just sitting there with her life alert button on the porch. Like, I just feel like hitting it. Yeah. To see some cute firefighters. And you yeah, get those. I just got it. I'm just thinking why you guys are saying that. And I, I'm not a smoker, never smoked in my life. But do you have people that smoke? 
that want to have a cigarette while they're on oxygen all the time. <laughs> all time. It's ridiculous. Well, I, thought Actually, it was, I thought that the, that they the, want that to smoke in our ambulance. Believe, what? Believe yeah. They, believe it or like, not. Hey, can I smoke? No, you can't smoke in here. It's yeah. full of oxygen. <laughs> believe it or not, there's like reasons why we have house fires because people smoke while they're on oxygen and it starts really? a fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My first house fire, my, my first, first fatal apartment like complex was because of that. A grandpa was smoking on oxygen and lit up a cigarette and the whole apartment complex went into flames. Wow, that's crazy. And then they have all the stash of 15 oxygen bottles in the closet. Is that, is that how we're telling them how we met? Oh, big, yeah, that's how player. we met. I don't remember, I remember Wait, you guys fire. met? On a call? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, please tell. Please. Okay, look, the listeners let's, want to know. Let's be honest about it. I was inside well, the fire. Well, we'll, I was we'll the first one in. So wait. Now, yeah. So you let her go first. <laughs> yeah, let her go first because the story gets real You got to make sure it's safe. Oh, you're, no. I thought you meant. No, there's three sides you, of the story here, said, Johnny. You, first, yeah. mine and the truth, all right? <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. All right, let's hear a side. Let's do it. Go ahead. I want to hear this. Chelsea, go ahead. All right. I remember my first. This is my first fire. And it was came out as a fully involved apartment complex, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm geeked, I'm so excited, I'm shaking, I'm nervous, I'm every kind of emotion you can think of. I want to cry, I want to laugh. And I remember driving there, and I see this fire, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's through the roof. The whole apartment complex is in flames. Eight units. Eight units. A lady already jumped from the second uh, floor. Wow. They we still had three dogs in there, and another. Uh, they said my babies. People always say my babies, my okay, babies. Okay, so babies, babies don't always mean. The babies don't always mean babies. Humans. Could be babies hamsters. could be hamsters or okay. gerbils. Gotcha. Okay. So never fails. Me and my sergeant were the first ones in, and I remember going in thinking, "Oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm gonna get out of here," because we went in for the three dogs that were left, wow. and we rescued one, but the two other ones that were on the second floor on the way back unit, that's where the fire originated from. So when we kicked the door down, I mean, it was flames. And the worst part about it was you could hear those poor dogs whimpering, trying to get to them. Oh. And people don't realize that sometimes it's even harder to lose an animal, too, right. because they're so helpless and they're scared and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So I remember that was pretty tough. So we get half the fire knocked down and halfway through, maybe our ladder truck wasn't really working. <laughs> so we call for mutual aid. We have mutual aid. Did you say AAA? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You'd call it AAA. I'd call it AAA. AAA fire department on the way for your service. I remember being up on the second floor and looking up. The, the whole roof's gone by now. So I remember seeing the stars and it's I can see all the sky and then I see a shining light. This guy with a big old yeah. bushy light. No, not bushy. A big old curly mustache and looking down at him and he's like, hey, I, I, you got to get out of there. I got to spray down there. And I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> well, I was in the ladder truck. I was in the bucket with my Wait chief. a second. If you're in the fire, doesn't he have a mask on and everything? Like, how can you even see what he looks oh, like? He's, a, no, he's outside I was the above, fire. So don't was don't give him credit, Johnny. Okay. He wasn't in the fire. So you're in the I fire. The you're fire. on the outside. You come I out. I was there to save the day is what I was. Gotcha. Okay. And I uh, came in there and uh, I was in the ladder truck with my lieutenant and my chief. And we were putting our deluge gun, which is a, a big, large diameter hose. It puts out about 1,000 gallons a minute of water. And uh, she was in the room that was still had some hot spots, we call them, which has still got little fires that are under, you know, under some debris and whatnot. So she was checking those, but we were told to, to put some water on it. So I, I told her, I so said, thinking, get out, lady. I said uh, if you don't mind, you want to get out of that room so I don't have to spray you with the hose by accident. And of course, I got the dirty look and as, as if. And then, uh, yeah, we uh, that's. And history was made from there, I guess. Well, it's kind of funny. You, you, you got them blushing, so that's even the funniest <laughs> thing. So let me ask you this. Have you ever been scared of heights? I love heights. No, I, I, don't, I don't mind it either. I'm not scared of heights. <laughs> Wait a second. Now, this is great. For those of you that can't see what's going on right now, Chelsea looked at Rob like, what the heck are you talking about? Rob is trying to be like that big, huge superhero <laughs> with this. With, you As know, I'm with, puffing up. Yeah. Yeah. But you're scared of heights, Rob. I'm, no, I'm not really scared of heights. No, I, Chelsea, I'll tell you what. please tell. Please I, tell. No, I'll tell you this. I was on a, a newer home. I remember I had a chimney fire one time. I was on the newer home. That This is the only time I was really scared of heights. I was on the peak of the roof with a roof ladder, leaning <laughs> over on top of the chimney about 50 feet up in the air because it's one of those newer, you know, 3,000 square foot homes, looking down the chimney 
as all my lieutenants and all my sergeants are all on the floor or on the ground laughing at me, and I'm literally just bouncing off of a chimney only, which is pretty you know brittle at times when it's got heat to it. Yeah, so I was gonna say it's such a and I'm leaning, I'm leaning, I'm looking down it, looking, make sure there's no fire in the actual chimney. <laughs> you know, and my ladder's shaking. You know, like yeah, it's 50 feet in the air. What do you expect? You know, but. Otherwise, no, I don't. I, I enjoy lighter. I'm always, they call me the roof team because I'm every time I get a house fire, I'm always on the roof, always putting holes in the roof. So, I like hey, it, it, all, it, it all sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's more than what I do. Yeah. You know, grab a microphone and that's about it. You know, I'm like, hey, I hope that stage ain't too high. <laughs> Has there ever been a time in your career so far, Chelsea, you've been doing it for four years, Rob, 11 years for you, that you didn't think you were going to come out? Or that was the day that God was going to call you home. Have you ever been that scared? Um, I yeah. I don't know if I have just yet, but I think that the reason why I say that is because if you don't go into a structure fire scared or knowing that something could happen to you, that's when bad things happen. That's to when you. you get hurt. So always be nervous. Your yeah. guard goes if you're down. Not, if you're not nervous or you're not your drone that is not going, you're not something's not right and you need to, you know, back out. You get that, that sixth sense. They always say you do when you, you know, you'll hear a crack or a Creek. It's not your normal crack or Creek. And then, uh, you know, you know, to get out of there and there's signs and they train you for that. A lot of it. But I mean, um, there's some things you just can't predict also, but I haven't, thank God, uh, at this time, you know, in my career that I haven't had that where I felt seriously concerned, but, um, I don't, know, I don't know what about you, Chelsea. Chelsea how about you? Uh, my second apartment complex fire, actually. Um, I remember being the first one in again, me and my sergeant. Because when you're a probie mm-hmm. on probation, you're always trained. Get your gear on quick as you can. If you want to get in the fire, if you want time, if you want to be in there, you got to be the first one dressed. So while you're driving to that call, you better have all your stuff on. And you better, when you jump out of that truck, you better be ready to walk into that fire. So that's what I always did. I used to practice day in and day out trying to get my gear on the fast as I could. And that's what they always preached to me. And I remember... My when I went by my second fire, I ready to go. No one else could get their gear on. Everyone's still fumbling around. And I'm like, I'm ready to go, Chief. Like, where am I going? And me and my sergeant went in. And this like, do you pull up and go, what the hell? Did you I oh yeah, you. My, I remember get like, myself into. I get when I'm driving to a call, I make sure I get my gear on. I'll take my phone out and I'm in the back, and I'll make sure I send a text. Who like, I'll Rob, I love you. Give the girls kisses and I, mom and dad. Hey, I'm going to a fire. I just want to let you know I love you. Like. Mm-hmm. I always, that's my thing. I always will send a text and yeah. let you know, like, hey, I'm going to fire. I love you. If I don't talk to you in four or five hours, I might still be at the fire, but I'll give you a text when I'm done. Like, yeah. just to know. Because, I mean, when he texts me, hey, I'm going to fire, and I don't hear from him, I'm, like, listening to the radio, like, right. is it done yet? Like, I don't have a text yet. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember going in, and me and my sergeant went in the very back, and we didn't have a flashlight. We're, in the, we're deep into the fire, and you hear the cracking, and then we have this thing called um, your alarm. It's pretty much a big alarm, a horn. It's like, you're, you got to get out. Something's bad on the outside that one of our officers see that we don't see in the inside. And it's get out. And I remember it gets getting hot and the floor was spongy. And my sergeant was like, we got to go. Like, it's time to go. And we could hear the creaking and the cracking. And we would look back and you see the fire crawling up the wall and going up the ceiling. And I'm like, so he grabs me. And I remember we f- slide down the stairs and we barely made it out the door before it rolled over on us. And I mean, you don't, if it rolled over, you're stuck. I mean, yeah. There's no if ands about it. That's the scariest part about it. And I remember being absolutely terrified. But we have a you have a good team though. I mean, you yeah. have good brothers and sisters that you know you can trust. So that was just a real story. There's a lot of Hollywood stories out there. Yeah. there oh, yeah. There's a lot of shows out there, especially yeah. with reality TV now. Uh we, we we've all seen we've seen the movie Backdraft. I think that's what it was called, you know, yeah. back yeah. in the day. Yeah. That was the big one. Yeah, absolutely. Has there like do you guys have a favorite show that you watch about firefighters that you're like, you know what? That's pretty realistic. Or is there one that you're like, that is nothing <laughs> like the real deal. Yeah. I mean, personally, I like Chicago fire, the show on uh, the ABC. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. gotten better. It's At first better. it was it's, like, it's, guy has a heart attack. Let me pump on his chest three times and he's walking, talking. <laughs> like. yeah. I mean, some things are unrealistic, but in all reality, when they, you know, when you watch them in the show and you, you know, you've been through the Academy and stuff like that, you, they actually do stuff by the book, which is pretty cool to see that, you know, it kind of gives people, you know, the reality of and they're And they're working out do, of a real you know? firehouse in Chicago. Oh, they're actually really? out of a legit firehouse okay. in Chicago, yeah. which yeah, so is pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So you guys know that if I'm not, you know, speaking on stages, motivating people, I'm at a NASCAR race interviewing NASCAR drivers. 
the number one question that NASCAR drivers always get is how do you go to the bathroom during a race? <laughs> and I know that that sounds funny, and I know that you're not NASCAR drivers, but you sometimes are on a fire. You just said it. Sometimes four, five, six, seven, 12, 18 hours. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes longer. You have a lot of gear on. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much that gear weighs, but it's got to be at least 100 pounds all together, right? And you don't right? want to yeah, take it off if you put yeah, it on. You don't want it. Yeah, sure. so... I'm just going to ask. Rob's looking at me all funny, and Chelsea's like, what the so heck? What you like, yeah, what do you like? If you have to go to the bathroom, you're in a fire, you have to pee, you forgot to go before you left. Like, I'd be peeing all the time in, in, in case the the, the, the uh, call came hey, in. It's like, cold out, and you want to warm up. <laughs> right. What happens? I mean, do you guys. I mean, you always you, try to go before you get the call. You try to go. Yeah, but you, else, but you, you have go. like 30 seconds to get downstairs. Yeah, well, you push hard. <laughs> <laughs> what happens, guys, if you have to go to the bathroom and you are on a call for a long time? Well, I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, probably like a NASCAR driver, you do uh, sometimes have to do what you got to do in your gear. But I will say there was one time, one time where I was on a structure fire and uh, this guy had it. Our engineer had to go to the bathroom real bad. I remember being in the fire and I'm fighting it. The whole I'm on the I'm on the nozzle, whatever else, and hitting it. And I look down and I see my engineer coming. I'm like, what What is he doing in here? <laughs> so I look him. He runs into the bathroom on the first floor while we're fighting in the second floor hallway. Wait a second. I just want to make sure that I just heard you right. You're <laughs> oh. fighting a fire. Your engineer comes in. He looks at you and he goes back downstairs, and he tells you that he has to go to the bathroom, basically. Pretty much yelled out to us. Yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. So we're laughing. So we're like, "What in the, the world?" And he uh, used the house, like the house. Yeah, bathroom. I mean, yeah. What else are you gonna do? You know, it, it's not being. Was it number one moment. or number two? I'm just curious. No. Number number two. Number two. <laughs> Wait a second. So he went poop <laughs> in someone's house while right? the house was on fire. Yeah, listen. It's, yeah, it you happens. gotta do what you gotta do, right? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went in there. I remember looking in there, and he was the door was closed, the light was on, and we were all laughing about it. We we're like, "You gotta be kidding me! This is not really happening." <laughs> oh, it was. All these crazy questions that I came up with, <laughs> I have the best answers. Let me ask you this: um, Do you have a routine or a ritual that you do on your way to a call? I know you just said a little bit, like you you send a text message if you know that it's bad. But do you have like a ritual that you guys do every time you get a call? Or a routine, uh, routine call like a, like a paramedic call or EMS call. No, no, no. I mean for you first... that that you do personally, personally, like yeah. that that you do. You know, is it your left boot goes in first, and your right oh. one. And oh, okay, you, yeah. Like, like, is there a routine that you do, or a ritual that you know? I, I mean, do you pray on the way? I mean, I don't know what it is, but I mean, for every you... well, every structure fight, I always pray. I always pray to keep me safe and you know watch over me and my you know uh, my comrades, whatever else and whatnot. But uh, you know, when you come to like an EMS call or whatever else, they're so routine. I mean, those are, I have a certain way I put my radio on every single time. I will say that I put it up to a certain volume every single time I have, a, you know, like, or I turn so it off or turn it on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we it's kind of, yeah, ritual or OCD, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I do. And the uh, structure fires are more of a, they're more of a ritual though. You always say, always pray, whatever else. And you always think it's like literally the quietest and longest ride ever to a house fire because you you think about all the stuff you got to do, all the things you have coming to you here soon. Um, make sure all your gear is right, whatever. Make sure your breathing apparatus is fine. And Because there's a lot of chaos just, going on, yeah. right? Yeah, Because I mean, sometimes oh, yeah. there are multiple uh, departments there. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's a bunch. There's, there could be a ton of departments. Be, I mean, last one of the fires I had was uh, six fire departments were there. Wow. And that was on the 4th of July, and that was a big fire going on from fireworks. And uh, Chelsea, how about you? Yeah. Do you have a, a routine or a ritual that you do prior to besides texting your family? Besides texting my family, if I have like a... Weird feeling in my stomach that this is going to be a bad call. You just get that feeling. I do um, have a picture of my daughter and my family taped inside my helmet. So every time before I go to put my helmet on on that call, I kiss my hand. I put my hand on the picture and I pray on the way to my call. I make sure to keep my safe. Like I'm coming with my family. And that's my every time, no matter what, I put that helmet on. I look at that picture. and That's awesome. Because my next question was, do you have a good luck charm? Uh, and obviously yeah, you, do, you I do. do. That's my picture. That's taped yeah. in my helmet. And every fire, every call that I go on, I know that they're, I know that they're with me. Rob, yeah. how about you? Same thing. I have a picture of both our daughters, both our daughters, and um, my helmet taped, whatever else. And every time I go to a call, I look at that one, and kind of just thank every, thank God for all the stuff I have. Has anybody? 
and I know we kind of brought this up earlier, but I know that when people get sick and they're in the hospital and stuff, um, you know, I have went back and, and bought the nurses or the doctors like a nice gift basket or something like that. When you do go on a call, does anybody ever come back and give you guys something special or have you ever gotten anything special? Cause I know even being a motivational speaker, I'll, I have people that have given me um, really cool things that mm-hmm. I still, to this day, my backpack is, is packed with some things that I carry with me all the time. One is a, um, a border patrol officer and um, it was blessed. And um, he gave it to me he says, I've been traveling with this, for 10 years and I want you to have it now. And it just means so much to me. Has anybody ever came back to give you guys something? I've had two people actually. And you don't think that it ever, cause it doesn't happen much. I mean, like I said, it's a thankless that. job. I mean, they call and they expect us to do our jobs without a thanks, which is, we're not there to get a thank you. Right, but right. I get it. I had, um, a little four year old boy who was attacked by a, few dogs mm-hmm. and outcome wasn't good. Little boy did not making it. And I remember going with him and staying with him. and grandmother came back not too shortly, maybe like a week or so after. And she gave me a little guardian angel and told me to thank you and think of her grandson when I wear this. And ever since that day, it stays on my badge and I wear it every day to work that I go. Wow. That's crazy. Rob, you haven't had anybody, you know, I think I only had one, one time I had someone come back and they gave me a card, a personalized card, you know, thanking them for it, uh, what we did and how we saved them and, you know, how much it meant to them, whatever else. But, uh, you know, and like I said, it's not what we're in the, you know, it's not what we're in the job for, you know, you know, to get the thanks, whatever else. But when they do come back and give you that thank, thank you, whatever else, it's a, it's a totally different ball game. You know I mean, I, mean yeah. I almost want to like tonight, I just want to go grab a hundred bucks and I want to go <laughs> to my local fire station and buy everybody like pizza or something and just say, yeah. you know what? You men and women flipping rock. And people yeah. do that. I mean, people do do that. They yeah, bring cookies and all the people come like, hey, Especially let us holidays. buy you dinner tonight. We're going to cater you KFC or something. And it's like, oh, that's wow. Cool. And yeah. I mean, there's people out there that do that. They're just like, hey, I just wanted to thank you guys today. Like yeah. my son, we were driving by. We saw you guys cleaning your trucks and he thought you guys were just so awesome. So he wanted to buy you something and they'd come back and they thank us. And it, people don't realize like how meaningful that is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so Chelsea's really good at always bringing up like the next question I have. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't even know what I'm about to yeah, ask. So that's actually really What has been the most rewarding thing outside of fighting fires? And I'm going to say it like this. I know as a child, which I know, guys, it was a long time ago. Okay, so Chelsea, I know. Yeah, yeah, a few years ago. But kids often come through your fire station. Mm -hmm. Kids say the darndest things. (laughs) They ask the craziest (laughs) questions. Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite story? Or memory of a child coming through the fire station, or maybe, yeah. or maybe let me, let me ask you this, or just maybe a favorite story outside of fighting fires. You go on that one first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually big into all the PR and doing like going to schools and firefighters reading to the kids. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's my thing. I love it. The kids love it. They get so excited. It's like Dr. Seuss week. And we go and we read books to them. And so, do you walk in with all your gear? Yep. <laughs> oh, so, so okay. So you walk in, and and you read, and you have all your gear on and everything else. So this morning, I'm thinking about you guys coming over today. Yeah. And Chelsea, I I, I think about what what you do for women, what you have accomplished, what you have overcame, and I had this visual. And Rob, listen, I know it's your girl, but listen, <laughs> yeah. I had this visual of, of this thought. And that was, as the outsider looking in, when you guys have your gear on, I can't tell if you're a woman or if you're a guy. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're just a firefighter. You're not a woman. You're not a man. You're a firefighter. Yeah. Right. That's what you're out there for. But there's always a million people watching what's going on. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. There's always, a, the, you know, the, why don't you know Gawkers. what you guys Gawkers. 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 Yeah. Gawkers. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but this one time in my head, it was this little girl on her big wheeler on her little pink bike with their little strimly, strimly things down on her handlebars. And, and, and all of a sudden she sees this 
person come out of the fire. And Chelsea, it's you. And again, you look like a firefighter. You're not a woman. Mm-hmm. And you take your, you know, your coat off and your helmet. And all of a sudden your blonde hair is like flopping in the wind. <laughs> and all of a sudden this little girl looks and says, mommy, I want to be like her one day. I want to save people's lives one day. I can't help but to get a little teary-eyed here, but I mean, it's like you men and women that do this for a living don't realize the impact that you have on people's lives. So when you're walking into a school, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that most people, most kids are going to be like, where's the fireman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, they like, ask me, does are it you a firefighter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get it all happen, the time. Right? People don't believe me. I'm right. like, here's my restaurant. I got a ticket one day. <laughs> and I was like... I'm a firefighter. I'm like, I'm just seeing, and he's like, you're a firefighter. I'm like, yeah, I really am. Like, let me just get you my ID. And he's like, oh, I am so sorry. And what's the people, craziest thing that, that a child has ever asked you? Cause I know that the kids have the, the darndest things. Yeah. They'll ask you how to start fires. Yeah. Really? There's yeah. so many questions. Like, I can say. Are, you, are you kidding yeah. me? No. They will ask you how to start. Oh, the fire. Well, you know, you always give them the scenarios of, Oh, there's a fire in this room or, you know, go this way or that way. And they're like, what if there's a fire on the ceiling, the floor, the doors, <laughs> all the windows and my bed? What I, do I, I do? I got it. I got it. Can I, can I answer this one? Go ahead. Get out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Stop, drop and roll. <laughs> oh, oh, man. They, they always come up with the craziest stories and like the like. Out of all people, you think that we'll be able they like, to make it, yeah, one. stump you. They do it. They give this answer question. You're like, I don't even want to even answer that because that's like that's tough. I literally have just a couple minutes, so I want to get through these last couple questions. <laughs> all right, all right. So I want to know this. <clears throat> I was thinking about this today too, and it has no crazy analogy or anything else. But how can firefighters tell where a fire began when the house is completely burnt down? <laughs> uh. That's an arson arson investigation uh, question there. Um, most of the time, actually, you can tell where a fire's at because of a burn pattern or if uh, the wood's more deteriorated in a certain spot. That's how you can know. So if you have a basement fire and everything's black down here and charred, if you can find where the wood is the most charred at and the most, let's say, decrepit or deteriorated, that's most likely where that fire began. And if, believe it or not, you can see a V pattern, they call it, of where the fire starts at. And it goes, fire expands as it goes higher. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's kind of like one of the ways you can do it. But um, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, teaching and learning and uh, investigating to, to find out where the fire begins usually. So are there are there advancements when it comes to firefighters? Like, where do you start off and where do you end up? Like... I, I, I guess the beginning would be just getting into a, a firehouse. Probationary. Probationary. Right? Yeah. And, You're probing. And, and then the top would be chief, right? Yeah. yeah. So how does it go in between? Yeah. Like, no one wants to be like, a chief. Like, like, like <laughs> what, what's the rankings? Well, you go from like a, uh, well, some departments have engineer, which you, so you go from a fire. So, you so go, an engineer so you is, is a man or a woman that, that, that yeah, drives the big engine. Yes. Drives the big engine. So you go okay. probationary fire, probation or proby, probationary firefighter. Then you go to a firefighter one or firefighter two, depends on the department. Then you go to an engineer usually, which is the one that drives. It's like a promotion driving the engine around. And then you'd probably end up going to sergeant. And then from sergeant, you go to lieutenant. And from lieutenant, you go to captain. And then from a captain, you go to the big man, chief. Okay. So do you guys ever want to be a chief? Are you just happy doing what you're doing? I like what I'm doing now. When I get older, maybe I want to be a chief. But right now, I like being in action. Okay. Adrenaline rush you can't beat. Okay, this is a really good question, too, and I can't wait for you guys to answer this because we're almost done. But what would be something that people would not even think about that would easily start a fire? Like you show up at times and you're like, we've all told you not to do this. (laughs) God, I mean, we go on house, we go on EMS call and we'll go in the kitchen and there'll be debris or paper and trash all over the stove. It's like, oh my God, what do you think that, how you start a fire? Right, right. Um, so okay, they, they or candle, push it to the side and candles, like a put, a, put a candle, candles, put a candle yeah. on a uh, like a dresser under a window, like by where the curtains are at or something like that. Don't do it all Very the time. Yeah, don't do it, please. Rob, I know that that you like to hunt. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking when I was writing these down in my mind, I was thinking how I would answer them. Right. Yeah. And I'm, not, yeah. I'm not a firefighter. Yeah. I would think the 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 turkey 
that that you oh, put turkey fryer. Oh, fryer. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Everybody listening, do not, do not fry a turkey inside of a garage. Make sure you're outside on a cement pad or a house or in the house. Yeah, yeah. Or or in the house. Everyone wants to go outside or on the deck. Do not do it on a deck. So people do that all, all the time. time. All the time. I can't believe it. Sometimes it's like you know, like they they'll like literally put it on the deck then they'll put like a, a tent over it which heat rises which catches on fire which then goes down in that or they put the too much oil in there and it spills all over the deck and that's that's flammable it just uh it never fails rob chelsea this has been absolutely outstanding i have one last question i want you to think about this for a second all right what would be your advice to any up and coming firefighter what it, what advice can you give the person listening right now? Chelsea, it may be that little <clears throat> girl that's seven, eight years old that says, you know what? Mommy, daddy, she did it. I can do it. Rob, it could be somebody that's maybe confused and maybe they, they thought they wanted to go to school to be this or that. Yeah. But maybe they don't even want to go to school. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to get into this. And maybe what advice can you give those young adults out there, those kids that may might want to be a firefighter one day. Well, our girls now, I mean, they say they come home. I want to be a firefighter like you. They go to their preschool graduation. I want to be a firefighter. And in our minds, we're like, no way. It's too dangerous. (laughs) As parents are like, no, 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 go be a doctor. Go do something good. But I mean, you tell them, I mean, those little girls, I get it. I'm from the schools that I go to. Like, I want to be a firefighter. And tell them you can do anything you put your mind to. If you have love and drive for it and you truly love what you do, you can do it. Anything you put your mind to. And I hope all these little girls out there have the heart for it and they put their mind to it. And they go show how awesome and tough they are and they can do it too. That is so cool. That is so awesome. So just a lot of heart. A lot of you got to have a heart for this job. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Be happy with what you do. I mean... You'll be sitting at a desk and being miserable and pushing papers. They say you never work a day in your life when you love what you do. It's, and I said, I, I, will, I, I haven't worked a day in my life I will for the last 20 that. years. I will say that. I mean, you know, I work hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. travel. Oh, yeah. I'm away from family. Yeah. I don't go to weddings. I don't get to go to funerals. Yeah. There's a lot that I miss. Yeah. And Rob, you know that. You know my story. Absolutely. But I wouldn't change it for the world. No. I no. love it. I have a passion for it. Rob, what advice can you give somebody? I would say just follow your dream and, you know, keep the dedication to it and just be patient. I mean, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built overnight, that's for sure. Well, so it took you almost two years, right? It took me almost two and a half years to get a job. And when you get the job, you know, that, you know, I, I can second that. I mean, in 11 years of being a firefighter, there's not one day where I woke up and said, I don't like this job anymore. Right. I mean, every day is a new thing. I mean, if you like that kind of stuff, I mean, you don't want to be behind a desk every single day. Nothing wrong with that. But as for me, I just don't want to be on a desk all day and doing computer work. I mean, every day is a new thing, a new call. There's no routine with anything. Um, just follow your dream. I mean, you can do anything you put your mind to. I mean, I, you know, I see a lot of these younger kids these days that just give up so easily, and it's just frustrating because you know that there's so much more out there and to to learn from, and you can be on top if you just put your mind to it. Rob, Chelsea, it's been a pleasure. I thank you guys for coming here and hanging out for, oh, with me you. for this last hour. This <laughs> is Johnny you. D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you thank you so much. You can listen to Outstanding Life Podcast for free on SoundCloud.com at MotivationalCowboy.com and Apple iTunes. Again, this is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.